Now we return to the Word of God to Psalm 46 and verse 1. We're going to primarily look at the first verse of Psalm 46 this morning and perhaps make some mention of the second verse later on. The writer of this remarkable psalm begins with a great statement, a wonderful positive statement. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. One of the things that you will have noticed as a believer is that you're not exempt from trouble in this world. Often when someone becomes a Christian, they soon discover that they have to face trouble and difficulty. You only have to read the lives of people in the Bible to know that even in life, they have known what it is to go through the most terrible and the most awful circumstances. And they all have a different story to tell, but they all have confidence in the great unchanging God. And God in his great wisdom toward you and I has anticipated absolutely perfectly and has ordered by his providence that you and I will go through difficulties, troubles and perplexities. When we look at our tablets, I'm talking about tablets you take, not tablets on the... Uh, you know the difference, do you? You've got to be careful these days. I, I, um, I see some of, the, some of the modern things that people use and I think, oh dear me, do you want this, do you want that? And I'm not sure what they're talking about half the time on the computer. Um, well, tablets that you get from the doctors... Tell us what the medicine is and what the medicine does. And with the Bible, that is also true. What we have here is the medicine and also what the medicine does. Well, the first thing that we notice about this verse is that God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge. God is a place of the most remarkable safety. You think of the cities of refuge under the Old Testament, how that if a person killed somebody unintentionally, they could flee there. We think in our own day of battered wives, and there are refuges for them. There are places of safety for them from violent men. And the psalmist here makes a great statement that God is our refuge. If you go to South End today, you will see that there were shelters on the seafront. And the rain came down this morning in South End, it poured. And there would have been people who fled to the shelters on the seafront. And so it is that God is a refuge, that God is a place of safety. And he is a positive place of safety. He is a certain place of safety. As the old hymn says, the storm may roar without me, my soul may low be laid, but God is round about me, and will I be 
dismayed. And you see the writer here has confidence in the future in spite of all that might happen because he has known that this great statement has been true in the past. And haven't you found that? You found yourself going to God when the storms of life are battering you. You don't know where to turn. You're perplexed but not in despair. And sometimes unbelief rises in your heart and you have to keep unbelief at bay. And you say, what are the scriptures that I should turn to in this particular situation? And this is one of the great statements. A wonderful positive statement from the word of God. The psalmist here doesn't seek to prove it or build up to it. He just states it. He declares it positively because he knows it to be true. And it's no good knowing about a shelter or a place of refuge. You have to go there and you have to be there. And when we start complaining or feeling sorry for ourselves, it's a sure thing that we haven't been there. And the writer here knows this by experience and he's able to sing this with all of his heart in psalm 142 and verse 5 we read these remarkable and wonderful words psalm 142 and verse 5 i cried out to you o lord i said you are my refuge my portion in the land of the living. And oh, if you have come here this morning and you have been weighed down with perplexity and you have been weighed down with trouble, I would say do what the psalmist says here, cry out to the Lord and ask him to come and to meet with you in your great difficulties. God is the great shelter, the great shelter from the storms of life. And you and I will go through storms. Of that there is no doubt. In order that we might declare your faith, loving kindness in the morning. And your faithfulness every night. But also God is not only a refuge. But also a strength. A strength. Now one thing about strength is you can't transfer it. Now when you get old, somebody may help you and lift you out of the chair. Somebody may support you going along over the road. But they can't transfer strength to you. Maybe you look at a young person and you see what a young person can do and you think, I wish I had your strength. But the wonderful thing is this, that God gives strength unto his people. In Psalm 29 and verse 11, we read these remarkable words. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people 
with peace. This is a strength that only God gives. And if we come to him and realise that we need that strength because we know ourselves to be weak, we are to come and we are to say, Lord, I recognise my weakness, but I pray that you will give me strength. Independent, self-confident men and women are not showing any kind of Christian virtue. God has made us in order that we might depend on him. We know that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that throne of grace can be gone to at any time, in any circumstance, in any order. And we can find grace to help in time of need. And the word there, help, has the idea of running to somebody in time of need. And we have a picture there of a running God. He gives strength. He gives grace. And when we are in great need, we must pray for that grace. And sometimes when we perhaps don't feel his strength, we must rest on his great promises and lay hold firmly upon them. Have you called on him? When you feel tired and weary? Have you called on him when you know that there are people that oppose you because you're a believer? Many a preacher has known this. Have you asked the Lord to give you strength to bear up under trial? And to know that the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms? And to long that you might bear up under trial patiently. To have a positive spirit when troubles come. Do you know what it is perhaps to go through a difficult time with your health? John Newton did toward the end of his life. And people used to ask him, John, how are you today? And he always used to respond with the same statement, I'm as well as God wants me to be. Down through the centuries, God the Heavenly Father has given remarkable strength to his people under the most severe and terrible trial. Imagine my Romanian friend in South End as a young girl losing her father, her father murdered by the Ceausescu regime. Where can she go? Well, there is a God in heaven, and God has given her grace. And strength as she came and learned about that a few years ago to go on in the things of God. And God has his angels surrounding them, surrounding them daily. And God's presence is ever there, it's as near to you as breathing. 
And he doesn't say, I'll take the problems away necessarily, although he does when they have fulfilled his sovereign purposes. But he will often sustain us in them. We think of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and they had to face that burning, fiery furnace. How would you and I have reacted if we'd had to face that burning, fiery furnace? Because they wouldn't bow down to that golden image. When it was bottoms up in Babylon, there were three that weren't. Because they couldn't bow down to a golden image because they knew the second commandment. And they got thrown into that fiery furnace. And there was one in there like as unto the Son of God. And when it's needed, God gives it. Because as thy days, so shall thy strength be. And also, he is a very present help. He is a very present help. A very old version of the Bible puts it like this. He has found a mighty help in trouble. A mighty help in trouble. And the idea here in this phrase is that help is always near. Last Sunday I was uh, preaching up in Bentley, a little village near Ipswich. You probably never heard of it. And after I had preached, we had a Sunday morning and afternoon service. Spurgeon wasn't too keen on afternoon services, and neither am I. He used to say, too much roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. Well, after the afternoon service, we went up to visit a dear saint in Bethesda Baptist Home in Ipswich. It's a Bethesda Baptist Church. They have their own home for elderly people. Gina and I are thinking of going on the waiting list. It's a wonderful place. And uh, if you go there, if you go there at tea time, you'll get a tea. And if you go there at lunch time, as we have many times, we get lunch there. I never know a home where they dish up free food. And our dear friend Joyce Lane had a call button round her neck. And if she falls or has a terrible accident, she presses that call button. And how thankful we are that we have a God that we can call on at any time. And he can come and he can assist us at any time, in any kind of trouble. A very present help in trouble. Why does he help? Because he loves us. And he loves us dearly. And what kind of parent sees their children in trouble and doesn't go to their help. And the writer of this psalm knew what it was to be in trouble and knew what it was for God to come and to meet with them. And when you and I are feeling down, when you and I are tempted to be discouraged, and when we are discouraged, we are 
being tempted to lose confidence in God to carry out his sovereign purposes. And discouragement is often punctured pride. We must remember that. Then we are to go to him. And we are to tell him that he is our refuge and he is our strength, a very present help in trouble. That is where our confidence is. In these uncertain days. I don't know whether you're like me, but you turn the news on in the morning, you wonder what's happened next. And these words, these remarkable words, should feed our faith and encourage our confidence, even in our darkest hour. But the outcome is a confidence in the future. Whatever might happen. You see, he says, therefore, in verse 2, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. We will not fear. But what is fear? Fear is caused by something that we think might happen and we don't think that we can handle it. And fear has to do with self. And that is why time and time again in the word of God we are told not to fear. Because we have a great God always with him. And God can come and make us fearless even in the greatest danger. Even though the earth gives way. Imagine the earth giving way. You know there was an occasion when the earth gave way, wasn't there? In the book of Numbers and chapter 26 and verses 8 to 11 we read there that the earth gave way. And the son of Palo was Eliab. The sons of, U- the sons of Eliab were Nemuel and so on. And representatives of the congregation who contended against Moses and Aaron and the company of Korah when they contended against the Lord. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that com- company died. When fire devoured 250 men and they became a sign. Imagine being there, my friends, and the earth swallowing them up. The writer of this psalm says, Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. What strong language! Whatever might happen, whatever calamity might come, when the waters roar and foam, this is figurative language. But mountains, imagine mountains be carried into the depths of the sea, yet the believer can be wonderfully stable and wonderfully sure and wonderfully confident because God is their refuge and strength. And there will be a day when this world is wrapped up like a garment. But the believer will ultimately be safe on that day when the Lord Jesus comes again upon the clouds of heaven. 
And even if people take the lives of believers, they are safe because they are in Christ. And if you're a believer here this morning, he is a wonderful refuge for his people. And when troubles come, as they will do, we are to know ourselves. Are you prone to anxiety? Are you an emotional person? Are you somebody that's pessimistic? Are you somebody that's over-optimistic? Are you somebody that magnifies trouble? Know yourself. Do you just look at everything in a black light? Two men looked out of prison bars, one saw mud, the other stars. You may be a mudite. Talk to yourself. Know yourself. You know, one thing I've learned getting older is that I talk to myself more. I sometimes think I'm the only one that listens anyway, but there we are. And when we have problems, we must talk to ourselves. We have God as a refuge. We have a place where we can go. We have all these remarkable promises in the word of God. And we are to rest in them. And we're going to believe those promises even if we don't feel it. Because the truth of God's word must be rested upon and trusted even though we may not necessarily feel the presence of our glorious God. And we're going to say, I'm not going to let the situation get me down. And the reason for that is I've got the whole of Scripture with me. I've got all these remarkable, wonderful promises in the Word of God inscribed there that have been tried and tested down through the generations and it's ultimately all for God's glory. Your situation and mine is all for God's glory. And God orders painful events in our lives that we might know the great reality of this truth and all the great reality of the other promises that are contained in the word of God. Everything that happens to us is by permission from the throne. And he desires to show us that he is true to his blessed and glorious word. In verse 7 of this psalm we read, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now my friends, you may be thinking to yourself, well I'm a pretty low level Christian this morning. He is the God of Jacob. Think of who Jacob was. He's the God of Jacob. And he is our refuge. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. A double underlining. What kind of person was Jacob? Read about him. And yet he's still the God of Jacob. He was not a perfect man and God met with him 
and grace. That's why everyone who is a believer here has been given a great ministry. A ministry of encouragement. To draw alongside people, to visit people who are in great need. To help people. To support people. To remind people that we're praying for them even if we don't know what their answer is. To uphold them before the throne of grace in prayer. Because when one member suffer, all the members suffer. And when we deal with people, I've underlined this before, when we deal with people, we must not expect people to respond to a situation in the same way in which we would. Because we're all often made so differently. But we're not to let people's problems crush us either. There was a dear lady in our fellowship in Southend. She was a lovely Christian. She'd been saved from the world and saved through door-to-door work. But she let the problems of people crush her. I used to say to her, listen to the problems, encourage her, and then in your mind, put the problems in a box in your mind. And then bring that box out to pray for them. We must be careful that we don't become a sponge. I once knew a dear lady and she was a very well-meaning lady and if anybody went to her with trouble, after she dealt with you, you felt ten times worse than you did at the beginning. Very well-meaning lady. And we must be very careful because we want the very best for other people. We must be careful in the scriptures we use, lest we be like Job's so-called friends. We must pray that God will give us grace to be physicians of souls and to encourage them in the way. And ultimately we encourage people to look at the one who is the good shepherd. The one who cares for the sheep. The one who loves the sheep. The one who has his heart for the sheep. And the one who one day will take his sheep home to heaven's glory. Now in Psalm 71 and verse 3 we read these lovely words. And they are lovely words. Be my strong refuge. To which I may resort continually. There's no time when you can't go to him as your strong refuge. You can go to him continually, says the psalmist. You have given the commandment to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. What a wonderful thing it is to have God as a fortress. And to have God as a rock and a stable rock. So God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. But he's the only refuge. He's only a refuge for his people. And are you numbered among the people of God? Do you know what it is to have God as a refuge? 
then come to his son this morning if you don't. And flee to his son. Because you have problems beyond number. You have the great problem of sin before God. And the only answer to your great problem is the Lord Jesus crucified on Calvary. Who shed his precious blood for all who will truly trust him. And come as they are. And I plead with you this morning, come to him. Come to him in this place. Lay hold upon him. You remember that woman and she laid hold upon the hem of his garment. And she was made whole. She touched the hem of his garment was made whole. Come to him this morning, my friend. And trust in him. He is a glorious and a wonderful saviour. One who saves completely. One who saves to the uttermost. Those that come unto God by him. God is our refuge and strength. In the midst of the darkest hour, the believer can say that. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, because of that, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Figurative language. But imagine that. Imagine that. And yet he says, we will not fear, even though that might happen. What a mighty refuge is our glorious God. Let us pray. Oh God in heaven, we pray for those connected with this fellowship who are going through very dark and difficult circumstances. May they know the wonderful truth of this wonderful promise about you being a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. May they know what it is to rest upon your promises. May they know what it is to be kept by grace. And may they know something of that love that will not let them go. Because it cannot let them go. Because it rested on them even before the world was. Hear us, O Lord, we ask. Help us ever to be looking unto Jesus. And to rest in our glorious God, who said of the Lord Jesus, he does all things well. And one day, by your grace, we shall see that. Help us, we pray, to trust in you, even in our darkest hour. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen.